Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, and this is episode 110. Hoping you guys are doing well this evening. Um, I am. Uh, It's a Sunday night. It's actually a really cool, beautiful night. Uh, Decided to come outside again. Um, Pretty peaceful out here in my neighborhood. Uh, Sky looks pretty light tonight. Now. My nephew Eddie sent me a sent me a, a text about uh, supposedly a media shower. I think it said tonight. I couldn't really read it that well on my phone. Uh, but I'm looking up. I don't see a damn thing. Sky does look light, though. I will tell you that. I can't see the moon either. Don't know where it's at. But uh. Sky's pretty light though, I'll tell you that. I don't know if that's what they mean. Maybe there's maybe the the, sh- the shower is so intense that's lighting up the <laughs> the sky. I don't know, <laughs> but uh I came out here hoping to see some. That would have been nice. Um anyway. Uh pretty easy day today. Not much happening. Kinda kicked back, man. Trying to nurse this knee. I decided to uh, start doing some writing today and uh, decided to uh, kind of put everything to the side for Sunday and just do a little binging, watching uh, All American. I don't know if you guys seen that that movie about the high school football player that goes to, from uh, from like the Compton area, Crenshaw, um, Crenshaw California, uh, to go play for Beverly Hills. Really, really good uh Good show. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, really interesting. Really interesting. Football and boxing were my two chosen sports, and I got into them very, very young. Um, maybe I could have been a contender if I would have hung in there. My downfall, I think, was... Um, huh. What kind of kept me from pursuing and excelling in sports? Those were really the. I didn't never liked baseball. Never, never liked baseball. I know my father used to love football too. I don't think he was a baseball, a baseball head. Um, but you know, one of the reasons why I was wasn't able to really stick with them, I believe so, is that I had really no. I had no, uh, hmm, I had no influence. I had no sports influence in my life, meaning I knew nobody in my family or any close friends that did so well in sports that I felt that I can, uh, that I can do the same. I didn't. So I mentioned before I was raised only by my mother. My father left when I was in, I was an infant, so I don't ever remember him 
um, living in my house at all. I don't remember anyone living in my house. My brother or sister either. They're, my sister's 13 years older than me. And I think she left when I was when she was 16. Uh, so I don't remember anyone. As far as, as far back as I can remember, it was just me and my mom. Regrets? Nah, not at all. No regrets. Now, had I remembered my father, had he lived with us and then left, and then yeah, maybe, maybe it would have been sad for me at least. You know, the story might be sad. My story might be sad. Fact that um, no male influence really in my life. Uh, so things like football and boxing were my own initiative. There were things that I desired and there were things that <clears throat> I would inspire myself, just like I do now, you know? Some of the things that I do, um, I write. I love to write. I don't know any writers, no real authors. I don't know any. No, I'm talking about people that can really, really, that I can look at and maybe can give me some uh, some tips or some motivation or anything like that. No. So I'm self-motivated. I do things to inspire myself. And I've learned this about maybe seven years ago. I've learned I, that I figured this out. Not that I learned how to inspire my... I realized that I've inspired myself practically my whole life by geeking out on things I was interested in. Didn't matter what it was. Whether it was sports or whether it was whatever. When I started getting into writing and, and I was interested in film and stuff like that. You know, when I was doing things like that... Um, I would geek out on my own. I would, starting from the library, where I would go to the library and spend hours and hours in the library, you know, reading or taking out books that I was fascinated by. I remember when I was boxing, I remember going, this is kind of, kind of, kind of bad. Not proud of this. But back then, it wasn't computerized. Everything was done on paper. I remember going through the bookstore, through the library, probably getting in trouble for this shit now <laughs> and pulling out <clears throat> a bunch of books on boxing and I think they let me pull out like maybe six or seven books and I did books on uh, uh, Rocky Marciano what was it uh, Jack Dempsey, Jim Johnson um, Joe Lewis, like all all the icons, the boxing icons from back in the days. I remember um, taking out all these books out of the library, taking them home and, and reading them. I remember reading these books. In fact, the last book I read was on Jack Dempsey. And I think I mentioned to you guys before on another podcast, I was actually sitting on the train the day that I finished that book. Because I used to always be on the subway. So my books always came with me. And I remember that was such a pleasant time to read for me. That was like the perfect time for me to read. Um, and I think I got a lot of reading done. I think the trains helped me a lot. But I remember sitting there. And I remember I was on the 7 train because I was above ground. It was daytime. And I remember because whenever I would finish a book like that, I would close the book and kind of like 
kind of look off and just let it like marinate with me for a minute. I do that now. I catch myself all the time. I'll close the book and I'll kind of reflect on it a little bit. Like I want it, I want it to, to kind of melt into me. Like I've spent, so, I've invested so much time reading this stuff. It's like, I want to remember this stuff. I want this stuff to like, I, I don't ever want to forget the stuff that I read. And I remember finishing the Jack Dempsey book, last page. He had died. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> he didn't die. Um, I closed the book. And when I looked up, right across from me was a man reading the newspaper. He had the paper open. And in the back of the paper, or was it the front maybe? I don't remember the headlines maybe. Don't remember. But it said, Jack Dempsey dead and it said his age I forgot what it was you guys have no idea yo <clears throat> what that did to me it was crazy because think about it you spend how many how long I mean it was a big book it was like it was a big hardcover book I've spent so much time invested so much so many days in this guy's life it was almost like he was my best friend for that couple weeks that I was reading about him I knew everything about him He was so fresh in my head The book had pictures So his his image And and it was an autobiography I believe And his um, His images were there and, and his personality And his family Everything was so clear And then to look up and realize this guy just died It was like your Your friend just died weirdest weirdest experience ever in my life and I always thought that that was like those were little signs those were little and that that I had things like that happen throughout my life it was and I always thought they meant something maybe they do maybe they did I don't know but <clears throat> but but that's how I used to inspire myself no matter what it was um I skipped boxing magazines and I used to just read them over and over and over. I mean, thank God I read. That's why I, I, I tell my kids, my grandkids, I'm like, the greatest thing you want to be able to do is read. Like, <clears throat> my inability to read, I think, would probably be my worst nightmare ever. Of course, tragedy. I'm not talking about tragedy. People die. That's that's a bad nightmare. But I'm saying for myself, you know, not being able to read anymore. Or I think that's bad. But I was going back at the my influence. So now I played football also for a team called Elm Jack, um, and it was a, Elm, they called him Elm Jack because it was uh, in between Elmhurst and Jackson Heights, Queens. And I remember growing up seeing people that played for Elm Jack, and I just thought it was the coolest thing because I was young and I used to see the teenagers that played for Elm Jack. So when I got to play for Elm Jack. It was a big deal for me. It was a big deal. But I didn't have... My mother supported me to the point where she got me whatever I needed. And and it wasn't easy. Equipment was very expensive. Still is today. Back then it was expensive. You know, now it's even more expensive. I think, you know, nowadays you'll probably spend, you know, over 100 bucks for a pair of shoulder pads. Maybe more. I don't know. I haven't bought them in years. Uh, I think when I bought Adams, they were like 140 bucks. But back then, I think they were either only like 30 bucks when I had them. However, my mother probably got me the cheapest one she could find. She didn't know. 
you know? I'll tell you one thing. She bought me a helmet once. That's, I think she found it somewhere. And she brought the helmet home. And <laughs> I remember putting this helmet on and going to practice. And she was so excited to give me this helmet. And when I put the helmet on, it felt weird, though, you know? So, But I was so new to football that I, I didn't know. And I remember when I got to the when I got to the field, and um, I had this. Everybody had like their own helmet. I used to have to get a helmet when I got there, so I didn't. I couldn't afford my own helmet yet. So when you didn't have a helmet, you go there and they had a whole basket, and you find a helmet that works. But now, but then you have some kids who had their own helmet. Those were the cool kids. Those were usually the real good players. So here I come, got my own helmet, and I go there, and you know they call in, and everybody gotta go and take a knee and. I remember the coach talking to us, and he looks at me. I remember him tilting his head, like, looking at me. And he came up to me, and he tapped my helmet. And I was, and he asked me to take the helmet off. <laughs> and when, he, when I took the helmet off, he started to laugh. And he's like, where did you get this thing? He said, he said, where did you get this thing? And I told him, I said, well, got it from my, uh, my mom bought it for me. And he showed it to me, and it actually wasn't a helmet. It was a decoration. It was a piece, basically a molded piece of plastic that, um, it was a molded piece of plastic that, uh, um, that would be used for decoration. Hey, you guys, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little distracted here. I think there's an owl on this roof across the street. I can hear him and I can see a shape. Yeah, it definitely is. I've never seen one before, but anyway. Uh, yeah, but anyway. So yeah, so of course I couldn't bring, I couldn't wear the helmet, everybody laughed. It was, it wasn't funny for me at that point. It was pretty embarrassing. Uh, but um, mom didn't mom didn't know, and she uh, she meant well. <laughs> so, um, and then there was another thing. I needed cleats. So I remember needing these cleats, and uh, again, she found a sale somewhere. She found me my cleats, and I remember because these cleats were like an electric blue, like a hot, serious. Uh, royal blue color with some stripes on them and <laughs> yeah everybody else had regular black cleats or maybe some re- really cool white cleats you either had the black cleats or you had the the white cleats and here I was with these um here I was with these uh freaking royal <laughs> royal blue electric blue uh cleats was uh who was pretty hilarious um yeah yeah people made fun of me so uh, then another incident, I'll tell you guys another, another situation. Um, now, I played, well, they put me for safety when I when I did practice. I learned later on they put me for safety because I really sucked. And I was basically, they did what they had to do to, to get me out the way. <laughs> so they put me way in the back, defense, safety. Um, and... Uh, I remember going home, and I used to go home. We used to walk home. A lot of our friends, you know, we used to walk home. It was a long walk. 
Um, but everybody used to walk home dirty as hell after practice. Well, I used to be dirty too after practice. So we used to, because we used to do a lot of the exercise. But I remember in the games, we used to leave and we used to walk home and everybody used to be filthy. And I was the only one that was still clean. Like my uniform was like brand new. Like I could take my uniform on, off and, uh, and put it on uh, for the next game. And I remember this going on and it never really dawned on me until someone made a comment and it was like in a joke and and it came up as though oh yeah we could see who who did the work or you know somebody said something about me not playing because I didn't man I didn't I was always benched I was always benched and um because I sucked I really sucked I <laughs> um but I love the sport and I remember one time it was so funny because I saw a TV show that the guy did this. I was like, oh, my God. I remember this. I remember doing the same thing. But um, it was the end of uh, it was the end of the game. And everybody was heading out like there was like a front street where everybody would head out. And I went around through the back of the bleachers. And it was all outdoors. And a lot of times we would go back there. The guys would go back there and take a leak. So when I went back there, what it was is there was this huge freaking muddy puddle. Huge muddy puddle. And nobody was around. I'm watching. I'm looking at the crowd walking like everybody's already heading towards the street. So I'm basically back there by myself. So I jump into the puddle. And it was mostly mud. So it was like a freaking, you know, mud puddle. And I start to roll around. Now, I, I went a little bit too extreme. Like... Even if I played the best game ever, I would never have gotten that dirty. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was just having a good old time, you know, rolling around in the mud. And I remember finishing up, turning around, and my coach and assistant coach and one of the players was standing there watching me like, what the fuck are you doing? And <laughs> I don't remember the excuse or if I gave them an excuse I do remember just getting up like nothing like if I simply tripped and got up and I started to walk and I remember looking at my uniform and my new uniform was totally covered with mud my white pants and it was um they were like gold yellowish gold jerseys with black letters and then the white pants and of course and I think the helmets were I think the helmets were white. I don't remember. Um, and then, of course, my electric blue cleats. Uh, and I remember going home like that. I remember my mother making a big deal. Like, what the hell? You know, of course, I was Mr. Liar. That's probably why I write. I'm such a pretty good writer. Uh, I lied the hell out. You know, my mother would never know because she never went to practice. She never had a design. I could never even picture my mother going to any of these games. This just wasn't her thing. And... Um, it might have been something she might have regretted later on, but we never talked about it, so it was no big deal. And to this day, it's not a big deal for me either. Uh, just wasn't her thing. She had zero interest. And to her, I was just going out there playing, and she just was. She felt that her supporting me was basically um, getting me whatever it is that I needed, you know. And it was, it was, and I was cool with that. But I'll tell you this: I remember that whole week, and the coach. I guess because of the fact of what he saw me go through and what I did, you know, jumping around the mud. That week, it seemed like he paid a lot of attention. Like, 
that movement must have did something to him and the assistant coach. And because they were, they paid a little extra attention to me more than they ever did before. That whole that whole week of practice before the next game, I think the next game we were playing, I think it was College Point. That was the name of the team, and I remember, I remember the um, they had uh, their field was almost like a slope. So like throughout the week, I think we we had you know practice. I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the game was Saturday. And I remember on Friday, the coach coming up to me and telling me that they were going to let me start. I was going to start for the first time ever the next day. And I was going to start at safety. And I was freaking thrilled. Like, I still remember going home. It felt like I was floating. It was. I was so happy. I never, at that time, I never thought, well, maybe it's because they felt sorry for me or... I don't know. I think about it now, yeah. It was definitely because they felt sorry for me. You know, it was cool that they were sympathetic or empathetic uh, to that point because here I was, I was a young kid. They knew I didn't have nobody that came to the games. It's not like they knew my parents. You know, a lot of times the coaches knew the parents. So I guess, and these were grown-ups. So I have to think if it was me as a coach, I would have thought, well, you know what? His kids played all season. I've never met his parents. So apparently he comes here on his own and he's doing whatever he can do. And, you know, a lot of us, especially if we were Latino or black, we were raised just by our, mar- our mothers. So there was a good chance that there was no fathers in the picture. And I remember being so excited and going home. And, of course, it's Friday and it's, um, it's late and I'm filthy because it's practice. And they worked me. So, of course, we have to go home and we have to wash our uniforms. I remember only having one uniform. We had to wash it, and they told us to wash it every night. And I got home. I told my mother I was going to start. I was at the top of the world, man. And I asked my mother, I said, I need you, you know, which she always did anyway. She washed my uniform. And <laughs> so she washed my uniform, and she put it in the dryer. And, of course, she would leave it in the dryer overnight, and then in the morning she would pull it out, and I would get dressed, and get ready for the game and I forgot who I used to go to the games with I think I think that particular game I think a friend of mine his mother picked me up and I remember my mother pulling out my uniform out of the washing machine Saturday morning first time I'm ever gonna try try to I'm gonna start she pulls out my pants and they're fucking pink my white pants are fucking pink. And I looked at my mother. Now she had that, I don't, I know this is funny as hell, but I don't want to laugh kind of face. And I didn't understand how did this ever happen? How did she have thrown it in with a, a, a red hoodie without realizing? My mother was always good with, with laundry. I mean, she was like, she'll teach you how to do some serious laundry. Our whites were whites. But from all days, my white pants were now pink. So here I was with these pink football pants, a golden black jersey, and electric blue cleats. Okay? I went to the field. I went to the game. 
And I remember it being pretty, pretty humiliating when I got there. And I remember the, the coaches coming up to me. I remember, I remember kids laughing at me. I remember the coaches like looking at me like, what the hell? You know, and there was nothing that could be done at that time. There were no extra uniforms. At least I don't think so. Either that or they just wanted to have a good old time and let me, you know, number 88, my, my favorite number, my lucky number, wasn't so lucky that time, uh, but have now uh, Mr. 88 uh, go on to his first game ever, which is a go away at College Point, and start in his beautiful pink football pants and electric blue cleats. And I remember... When I ran out to the field for the first time ever in my life, and actually the last time, not saying that I quit then, I don't know when I quit, but it's the only time, and maybe they've done it a bunch of times, maybe I played more than I even remember, but I remember them calling number 88, Mercado. I remember running out from the sidelines and running across the field to get to the middle of the field and I remember hearing like the entire the entire uh, field just crack out crack up laughing I remember the people in the stands laughing I wasn't laughing I was pretty in fact at that moment it didn't dawn on me I didn't hear the laughter I mean, I heard it, like I could remember it, but it didn't affect me. I wasn't, I didn't think it was for me at that point. I didn't, I didn't think they were laughing at my pants or my cleats. I just thought they were laughing. I didn't know. I was just so focused to running on, onto that field for the first time ever in my short little football career. And I remember playing that game. And playing most of it. But I don't remember much after that. It's just, you know, crazy, uh, crazy story. <laughs> I'm over here, you know, I haven't talked about this in quite a, quite a while. So, just dawned on me because I'm watching this uh, All-American show on TV about the football plan. I see the support he got from his family, his father, and the coaches and his mother and his girlfriends and and it's like wow I missed that boat huh <laughs> well I'll tell you one thing at least at least there was something in that short lived career that I'm able to use to bring me back to that time because had I not have those pink pants and electric blue shoes, I probably would never remember anything about my time playing football for Elm Jack. All right, guys, listen, it's time to shut down. It's actually raining out here. I appreciate you hanging out with me. I'm sorry I kind of got thrown off before because I've never in my life seen an owl, a live owl. And I had you guys and had the ability to go across the street and bring a flashlight and look at this damn owl for the first time. And I know it was an owl because it sounded like one. I could see the, the silhouette, but I didn't because I wanted to finish up with you guys. Thank you again. Have a peaceful night. Be safe. Stay home.
and good night freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.